will not remain the same. Our lives will not remain the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So last week we deliberated on Isaiah 51, right? 50. So am I? I didn't know if I was there. I'm moving so fast. Okay. So let's contribute on that because uh, maybe because I taught 51 in New Cross. I taught 50 and 51. You know, sometimes we have time. So I just quickly run over it. So how many people want to contribute? One, two, three, four, five. I see it. Amen. So. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So Isaiah 50, I'm contributing from verses 1 to 3. From, verses one, from verse 1, he talked about Jesus, God asking, well, the Spirit of God speaking through Isaiah, asking a question. And he's saying, where is your mother's certificate of divorce? And he was talking to, to the children of Israel. And we learned last week that God is not interested in divorce. And here... The reason why these people were were kind of separated from God, we know that we are the bride of Christ, and Jesus is the husband. But Jesus will never divorce his bride. But the reason why there is a separation between the bride and the bridegroom, which is the the children of God and those who, who belong to Christ, is the fact that their sin have separated them from God. And that confirms the book of Isaiah 59, verse 1 to 2. When God was saying, Is my hand too short that I cannot deliver you? But because of your sin, you have separated yourself from me. And we found that, and God was telling the Israelite here, that I cannot separate from you. Because... He was now t- telling them about the wonders that he performed. That I'm the one who rebuked the sea. I'm the one who dry up the sea and turned the river into a desert. So I cannot forget you or I cannot divorce you. So the reason why we have a mindset of divorce is because of our sin. And sin separates us from God. So we need to be conscious of our life. We need to be conscious of our ways. When we walk in righteousness, divorce will not come into play. It will not come into our hearts. Separation will not come into our hearts. So let's learn to live a righteous life. And that will bring us to the book of Isaiah that we are going to study today. Isaiah 51, when it talks about us pursuing righteousness. When we live a life of righteousness, we will be one with Christ. Separation will not come in. Divorce will not come in because God hates divorce. He is a loving father. No matter how we sin against him, when we return to him with all our heart, he will accept us. The Lord bless us. Praise the Lord. I'm contributing from Isaiah chapter 50, uh, from verses 4 downwards, about 5 or 6. Okay, but verse 4 says, The sovereign Lord has given me a way instructed tongue to know the words that sustains the weary. Just want to stop there. So when people come to us with challenges, maybe they have a very challenging day at work or in their health or in their home or anywhere, we as believers, we should have a word of God that will minister comfort 
and hope for them. We should use our word. Jesus said, you know, let's speak what the Father tells me to say. So we should make sure that our, our words, our heart is filled with the word of God. So that when people come to us, we speak the word of God. If I, as a whole, we should make it a habit. What to speak the word of God into every situation that might confront us or our loved ones. Then the next, the next part says, it wakens me morning by morning. Wakens my hair to listen like one being instructed. I have found out that when I wake up in the morning, I'm always very quiet. I don't like to, you know, anyone to distract me. At that point, it that's when God is speaking stuff into my heart. God is going to give me instructions, directions on what to do. It could be from His Word, or I can just wake up with a particular scripture in my heart, and I know that that is exactly what God has for me for that day. So when we wake up in the morning, we should be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. What is God telling me to do today? So we should not waste our time talking and you know doing irrelevant things. We should wait to hear what God will speak to us. Then verse 5 says, The sovereign Lord has opened my ears. I have not been rebellious. I have not turned away. Uh, this is um, verse 6 to 7 talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. I offered my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who pulled out my bed. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting. If we go back to um, the, the, the New Testament, I think I looked, um, Luke, the book of Luke, toward the last chapter, you find out when Jesus was there before um, Pilate and after he was condemned. You know, you read about all the beating, the spitting, the plucking of his beard, all that Jesus went through to us prophesy here so that you and I can have our healing and redemption. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Continuing from where uh, Dickens Messi stopped, I'm contributing from Isaiah 50, verses 7 and 10. Verse 7 says, Because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. I will stop there. We should know that our God cannot forsake or leave us because he is the sovereign ruler of the whole universe. No one can stop or interfere with his almighty power. In fact, with all due respect to our queen, we cannot at all compare and liking God's sovereignty with the power and authority of our majesty, the queen of England. And I want us to just visualize the powers of our queen. But without going too much into details on that, God's sovereignty is beyond comprehension. His sovereignty is unlimited. His power is limitless. I would say infinite and majestic power cannot, be, cannot just be quantified. God is above all powers, above all kings and all created things. He's the Alpha and the Omega. And he's the, he's the, he's, uh, he holds all things together in heaven and on earth, both the visible and the invisible, which you can see from Colossians 1, 16 to 17, to mention but a few of his sovereignty. Then this verse 7 continues by saying, Therefore have I set my face like flint. And I know I will not be put to shame. Brethren, Jesus Christ was unmoved and he was resolute amidst all contempt and oppositions during his lifetime on earth. We should as well be determined, unwavering, unswerving in walking along with God on the path of life that will lead us to our eternal home. The Lord is also telling us in the book of Ezekiel, when he commissioned Ezekiel to speak to the heart of Israel in Ezekiel chapter 3, verses 8 to 9. So we too should not fear nor be dismayed, but go forth 
into the world and preach the gospel and bring people into his kingdom. The Lord God might surely sustain and protect us and we shall not be confounded or put to shame. We need to endeavor to be resolute despite all challenges, trials, and opposition. So this brings us to verse 10, which says, Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the word of his servant? God is our help. And those that walk in the dark... <laughs> those that... Okay. And then verse 10 continues with those that walk in the dark and who has no light, that they should trust in the Lord and rely on God. So those who are sick, whether physically and spiritually, should trust in God because Jehovah is the God that heals. We need to have that holy boldness of faith to trust and rely on him. In conclusion, beloved, as Jesus, our big brother, fulfilled his calling and destiny, despite all sufferings, there is no need for us to remember. There is, no, there is need for us to remember and for us to continually instill in us that we have purposes destined for us and we shall all fulfill that for which he has created us. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, my taking is just coming from the book of Isaiah 10, um, 50, 10, um, adding on to what Dickens said. I'll read it in full. It says, Who among you fears the Lord and obey the word of his servant? Let him who walk in darkness, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. Um, I, from last week, I know we saying that those that trust in the Lord um, and know the name of their God, they will do great exploits. And if we look at the book of Psalm 145 that we read on a regular basis, in Psalm 145 verse 19 says, He fulfills the desires of those who fear Him. He hears their cry and saves them. Um, I don't know if we have really meditated on this word, because it's one of my meditations on a regular basis. When we actually talk about fearing God, it's His sovereignty obeying the word of God and relying on God solely because he said those that put their trust in him they will not be moved they will not be um, disappointed that's what the word of God says as well so it's those that do not fear God that walk in darkness because they don't trust in God they don't know the God that they're serving but we in Christ Jesus when we know the Lord that we serve and know his name will not be moved by circumstance by situation and that's why we need to trust in God because when we trust in him when we cry at the time of our need the word of God says he will hear us and he will save us so brethren let's fear the Lord and reverence him in Jesus name Praise the Lord. I'm going to take my from Isaiah 51 and 2. Um, I know Pastor has spoken on that, but I'm just going to um, speak about God Himself. God's promised the Israelites that He will fight their battle for them, but because of sin, they rejected God, not God rejected them. But God is trying to tell them, in, remind them when they come out from Egypt. God reminded them in Exodus 14:22, when they crossed the Red Sea, how he divided the Red Sea for them. God also in Joshua 3:16, he reminded them when they crossed the River Jordan, how majestic God is, how powerful God is, how awesome God is, the... The promises of God for the children of Israel is to fight their battle and save them. But even for us today, which is for us today, the promise of God is to fight for us like this month. This is the month of um, 
Yeah, God promised us that he would do a new covenant for us. But for us to enter that covenant, if you read chapter 6 of the same Deuteronomy, it said, the Lord, the Lord, when Moses was bargaining with the Lord, he said, the Lord, the Lord, the God who is awesome, the God who forgives, the God who, who did this, the, the awesomeness of God. But he said, at the last, but I am the God who do not forgive, who do not, he forgave our sins, but he will punish those who sin, who disobey to a thousand generations, to their children, children. The same God who promised. But the same God who is declaring himself the Lord, the Lord, the God that is awesome, the God that did this. But still, we should not continue to sin and expect grace to abound. That's what God is wanting us. And we see the example with Israelites. That's what happened to them. And it's for us, the children of God, to look at today and do not take God for granted. We can't see God. But we see the man that God has sent. We have a shepherd. We have a man of God in the house. We have each other. We need to listen to each other. Oh, God speaks through anybody. God speaks through instructions, obedience to instructions. And um, uh, the word that we read, we need to walk in the word that we read. If we expect to every month what covenant what promise God has for us for us to partake in it we must obey the word of God praise the Lord this this uh, is talking about hope for the hopeless. Amen. He said, listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. You can write against that. Deuteronomy 32 verse 4 verse 15 and verse 18. He said, listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. We are those who pursue righteousness we are also those who seek the Lord. Say, so look to the rock from which you were caught, and to the quarry or quarry from which you were hewn. And he made reference to Abraham, also made reference to Sarah. Say, so your father, Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who gave birth to you. We know Abraham is a man of faith. Amen. And we know how God said that we are sons and daughters of Abraham if we do the will of God. So what did Abraham do in the regard of, in regard of faith? Abraham stood firm with the Lord. And Sarah also, even, did not say to Sarah who gave birth to you. You know, Sarah had no children, but God promised them that their children is going to be like stars in heaven. And it came to pass. So in the midst of hopelessness, what this Isaiah is saying, saying that, Anyone that is righteous in the midst of hopelessness will have hope. We can write against that Genesis 15, 1 to 6. When you get home, you read it. Genesis 17, 5. And Hebrews 11, 8 to 12. That talks about faith. So when I called him, he was only one man. You can see how he's referring to how Abraham, in the midst of hopelessness, hoped on the Lord and God answered him. When I called him, he's now making reference to the person that he said we should look back to. 
Say so we should look back to the father of faith, which is Abraham, from whom we are healed, that is out of him, our generation today is. When I called him, he was only a man. And I blessed him. I blessed him and made him many. The Lord will surely comfort Zion. That's what God is saying there. No matter what we are waiting for or anything, the Lord will actually comfort us because he has us in his palm. He neither sleep nor slumber because of us. So he will comfort us. And will look with compassion on all our ruins. He will make our desert like Eden. Her wasteland like the garden of God. When he say we make his desert like Eden. If we read that uh, the desert. When you read that Genesis chapter 2 verse 10. Right? God said he will make any uncomfortable, any hopeless situation. He will, make, he will bring a time of refreshing. In the midst of all this. And you can see that when he created the heavens and earth, it was void. And things were not moving. Things were not happening. But in, in the midst of God's state, he began to put things in place. And when he made man, he put man in the garden of Eden. And when you read about the garden of Eden, Eden, he talks about the river that flows through them. Different rivers. That is bringing the time of refreshing. And I want to refer that to our lives today. You know, when God made us, he, did just, he didn't just leave us to be hopeless. He made beautiful things. He, he, he makes things beautiful in our own time. In God's own time, he makes things beautiful. So when he created us in the middle of voidness, he created beautiful things around us. And that is what he's saying to us. In the midst of hopelessness, as he has done to Abraham, to Isaac, to Eve, to Adam, and the rest of our generation, uh, that, 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 we are look, that we are also studying and looking about. I said, the Lord will surely comfort Zion. That is, I put there in the midst of hopelessness. And will look with compassion on her ruins. He will make her desert like Eden. Amen. Are you trusting God for something this evening? He's, he's, he's promised this, that he make her desert like Eden. And he will do so. He's not a man that will lie. He said, her wasteland, like the garden of the Lord. The garden of the Lord is full of joy and gladness and he said joy and gladness will be found in her thanksgiving and the sound of singing not the sound of sorrowing will never be found in, in our midst not the sound resounding that oh why god why this time no 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 he said it will cause his joy and gladness and they will be found in anyone that is hopeless let's hold out to hands and the lord as he has said will surely do it so listen to me my people hear me my nation Instruction will go out from me. My justice will become a light to the nation. And that is what he's doing now, right now, that is using us to reflect him on a regular basis. Because he said we should look, look at that verse, verse 2 and 3. As long as we continue to look to our forefathers, Abraham, as long as we continue to read about the stories of these people and how they have been source of encouragement, and we begin to look at the time of Eden, how God has made... Uh, um, desert like Eden. We continue to see that definitely. If we listen to God, He will hear us. Because He said, "Listen to me, my people. Hear me, my nation. Instruction will go out from me. My justice will become light to the nation." God is encouraging us here that once we listen to Him, once we do His will, what becomes of us? We become light to the nation that He has, he has put nation that He has put us. Then my righteousness drew near speedily. My salvation is on the way. And my arm 
will bring justice to the nations. The island will look to me and wait in hope for my arm. As many people that have decided to leave God and do their own business, they have become island. Anyone that decides just like this mountain, I'm, I'm tired, I'm fed up. Any small thing in the midst of hopelessness, you become an island. It's difficult now for you to gather around people. You used to be together, prayer meeting, we used to study, we used to do things together. Now you become an island. But he said, he said listen to me, my people. Hear me, my nation. Instruction will go out for me. As long as we in our hopelessness we need to rely on him, he will instruct us on the next way to go. My justice will become light to the nations. My righteousness draw near speedily. My salvation is on the way. And my arm will bring justice to the nation. The islands will look to me and wait in hope for my, for my arm. As long as we, are, we decide to be an island, all, all what he has prophesied that was for will not be ours. They will not be an island in the name of Jesus. He said, and wait only for, for, lift up your eyes to the heavens. Look at the earth beneath. The heavens will vanish like a smoke. He's reminding us again about how those who trust in him will live forevermore. Those who trust in their, in their own self, they, will, they are going to vanish when they are vanished. Those who do not serve God, that is what is going to happen to them. So he said, lift up your eyes. After talking to the islands, after talking to people that have said, taken themselves away from God, maybe not take ourselves away from God, and wait in hope for my arms. Sometimes because of hopelessness, we don't trust God anymore. But God said we should continue in our hopelessness. Wait in hope. His arms are there. He's not too short to save us. He's not too short to comfort us. He said he has us in his palm. I always quote that scriptures. He neither sleeps nor slumber because of us. So maybe what is it that we are going through that will make us now, you know, be full of ourselves and want to leave God and become like an island? In the name of Jesus, we'll never be one. And he said, lift up your eyes. May we lift up our eyes to heaven. In the times of stress, it was stressful situation or situation. He said the heaven will vanish like smoke. And it is true, we have been hearing about the coming of the Lord. Some of the signs and wonders that we are seeing, volcano coming up, eruption of volcano and all these things. You know, in those days when they preach about this coming of the Lord, I thought, ah, when they now say there is volcano somewhere, there is, I didn't know that there is still more grace for us to remain. Because I thought this world would have gone. Because they've been preaching this... Uh, Matthew 24, before now, that when, the earth we, 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 when Jesus will come, all this, all this happening are going to be the first things we'll be seeing. Volcano is still erupting today. Many other things are still happening. May we continue to love God. Because one day it will vanish. Look at people. I, will, I, sit, I sat down. I'm thinking of these things. My home, my house, my this. They ran out. They ran out. Because the, their house is being destroyed. In their presence. So they have to leave everything. Because the volcano is coming and we just... And on the road. Those of us that watch that thing when we're on the road. The thing is... Con- Who will stay? God forbid. And you know, we have been hearing it. Now it's happening. So the fear of God should be upon us like never before. He now says, I said, my righteousness drew near speedily. My salvation is on the way. And my arm will bring justice to the nation. Which is part of the things that we are seeing. He said, lift up your eyes. To the heavens. Look at the earth beneath. The heavens will vanish like smoke. Is it not vanishing in our while now? That's just, we just want to pray for them that God will resettle them in a very big way. The one that have beautiful homes, the one that have everything, is gone. Within the twinkle of an eye, an eye, an eye, or an eye. And it's like they don't own nothing anymore. 
So can I advise us to seek God? Whatever happens to us, let us not be hopeless. Let us, because those people, you can see them. It's like, he's a hopeless judge. He's going to preach Christ to them. Except if they are holding fast unto Christ for them to be able to continue. May we hold fast unto Christ and know what, and believe everything that he has said to us. So lift up your eyes to the heavens. Look at the earth beneath. The heavens will vanish like smoke. The earth will wear out like a garment. And its inhabitants die like flies. But my salvation will last forever. My righteousness will never fail. May we stand upon this word uh, tonight and be able to seek to, to rely on God the more, even in the midst of hopelessness. I repeat, hear me, you who know what is right. He's now talking to the righteous. Those who know what is right are the righteous. Amen. He said, you people who have taken my instruction to heart, can I say to us, let our coming here not be in vain. Let our coming to church not be in vain. Let it be a time to take God's instruction to heart. Let us listen carefully. Go back home. Meditate on the word of God. The man of God is preaching about uh, spell and all the rest of that. Let us go back. But these two, these two lines refer to Randall verse 7. Hear me. May we hear God. Those who are righteous. May God make us righteous. Or may we be righteous in Jesus' name. Because God has already delivered us and he wants us to live a righteous lifestyle. For this reason, we are going to read it in Isaiah 53. He went to the cross of Calvary. He humbled himself. He could act, but he died because of your sin and for my sin. So let's take this to heart. You who have taken my instruction to heart. May we take his instructions to heart in Jesus' name. As long as we are righteous, as long as we hear God, as long as we are taking his instruction to heart. That is, we, we who knows how to do the right thing in God. He said, do not fear the reproach of mere mortals. It's only when we are full, we are righteous. It's only when we have taken God's instruction to heart that we will not be afraid of what? Of mere mortals. Or be terrified by their insults. For the moth will eat them up like a garment. Matthew chapter 6. The worm will devour them like wool. But my righteousness will what? Will last forever. And my salvation through all generations. He said, awake. Awake. Arms of the Lord. Clo- uh, uh, awake, awake. Arms of the Lord. Clothe yourself with what? With strength. This is the time for us to get out of our slumbering state. Awake in days gone by. As in generation of old. Was it not you who cut Rahab to pieces? That Rahab is not that Rahab of uh, Joshua chapter 2. This is referring to Egypt. So, was he not the one that delivered us from Egypt? And cut Egypt to pieces. How did he cut Egypt to pieces? He cut them to pieces in the Red Sea. We must get out of our slumbering state and put more strength on ourselves. Awake, as in days gone by. As in generation of old. Was it not you who cut Rahab to pieces? Who pierced that monster through? Was it not you who dried up the Red Sea? Could you see it now? It was in that Red Sea that that monster, Egypt, was destroyed. So God is he's talking about his uh, <coughs> power, his strength, his sovereignty. He said, was it not you who dried up the Red Sea? He actually did. Since that miracle, have we had of that miracle again? 
It's only God that can do that. But there are many red seeds that we are passing through. God said his arms are not too short. As long as we live righteous life. He said the waters of the great, uh, was who dried or yes, the waters of the great deep, who made a road in the depth of the sea, so that the redeemed might cross over. Those that the Lord has rescued will return. Amen. Amen. He's promising a time of refreshing for the faithful. So as long as you are faithful, as long as you do not remain in our hopelessness, God is promising a time of refreshing for us. He said, those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with what? With singing. A time of rejoicing has come. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will what? We flee. Isaiah 35, verse 9b to 10. You can write it against that and you go back to read it at home. God promising a time of refreshing for as many people that He has redeemed. And we are part of the people that shall be a time of refreshing indeed. I, even I, am He who comforts you. In the time of refreshing, God does what? Comfort His people. And when God mentioned that I, when God said, I, even I, we do, he's the one. He just wants to make it so that we can understand that he's the only God that can do what any man cannot do for us. He said, I, even I, am the one, I'm, I'm he who comforts you. <coughs> who are you that you fear mortal, uh, 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 mere mortals? Human being, who are but grass? That you forget the Lord your maker, who stretches out the heavens. And who laid the foundation of the earth. That is our God. Amen. Amen. That you live in constant terror. Every day. Is there anyone that is like that? God has this word of comfort to us. Because you can be coming to church. And God described mortal men like grass. That faith. Where are you to fear all these people? They come and brag before you and everything. I, even I, I am God. I am still with you. Amen. So, Paraventor, you are going through a stressful time at this time. God is that one that fights our battle. He said that you live in constant terror every day because of the wrath of the oppressor who is bent on destruction. For where is the wrath of the oppressor? The cowering prisoners will soon be what? Set free. (coughs) They will not die in their dungeon. Nor will they lack bread. For I am the Lord your God who steers all the sea. So that its waves roll. The Lord Almighty is his name. I have put my word in your mouth. And covered you with the shadow of my hands. Why do you fear mortal men? That's what God is saying. You have the word of God. The psalmist said, your word have I hidden in my heart that I have not sinned against you. Your word has become a lamp, a light to my path and a lamp to my, uh, to my path. Amen. So we have the word of God. Why do we fear mortal men? God is saying to us now, I have put my... He did not, he, he, you know, the word of God is in our mouths already. When you read it, you digest it, then you can speak it forth. But the word of God that you don't have, you cannot speak it. And for that reason, we are studying the Bible. He's not just quoting this, and the word of God is in my mouth. And then you have not read the word of God 
that gives you right to say that it's in your mouth. So you have nothing to quote when you are fighting battles. There is nothing to say to you. If we speak that word to devil, he will, he will bow. But some of us are terrified in the time of our hopelessness. You are terrified. My business is destroyed. My business is my this is happening to me. You're shaking everywhere. Oh, I need to get more loan. And no, you don't need loan. You don't need to speak the word of God. Amen. Because it's in our mouth. Oh, why is this happening to me? God, why do you allow this? We only need to speak the word of God, not complain. So in the midst of hopelessness, we ought to speak the word of God. That is what is happening here. So he's encouraging us and liking mortal men to nothing. And say, so I put my words in your mouth. In first he said, For I am the Lord your God, who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar. He's now talking about his power. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with power and authority. Do you not hear when the people, when he was ministering to them in the synagogue? He said, With authority. He speaks to the people. So the people honor the authority with which Jesus was speaking. If you are Jesus' followers, we must speak like him. If you are, you know when he was talking to them in the beginning, he told you who, listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. If you are God's seeker, say the time has come that those who worship God will worship him in what? In spirit and in truth. So how come? If you are worshiping God, how come you cannot speak the word of God? Because how come you are empty? The word of God must be in our hearts so I can speak it forth. And this is God encouraging us tonight. Say, I put my words in your mouth and covered you with the shadow of my hands. I who sit in the heaven in, in place, who laid the foundation, who set the heavens in place, who laid the foundation of the earth, and who said to Zion, you are my people. What an opportunity and what a grace to be God's own people. We are the people of God. We are the people of God. Like the song that says, We are the people of God. By His name. Called from the dark and delivered from shame. One holy race. Saints everyone. Because of the blood of Christ. Jesus the Son. That's it. So we are the people of God. We are called by His name. So when God said, You are my people, and who said to Zion, You can put your name there, You are my people. We are God's own people. God has ordained, He said, I set the heavens in place. Who laid the foundation of the earth? He's the one that put everything in place and said, It is good, it is good. Then He created us to be there. So why do we fear men and not fix our thoughts on God? Now talk awake, rise up Jerusalem. You have drunk from the hand of the Lord, the cup of his wrath. May that not be a portion in the name of Jesus. Because if you are God's seeker, there is no way we can drink or get drunk of the cup of his wrath. You have uh, drained to its dredge the goblet that makes people stagger. Among all the children she bore, there was none to guide her. Among all the children she, she, she reared, there was none to take her by hand. These double calamities have come upon you. Who can comfort you? May that not be a portion in the name of Jesus. So those who do not see God, those who are taking God for granted, that's why we cannot afford to take him for granted. These are the things that will happen to them. Rain and this, uh, destruction, famine and sword, who can console you? 
Your children are fainted. They lie in, at every street corner like antelope caught in a net. They are filled with the wrath of the Lord, with the rebuke of your God. Therefore, hear this. You are you afflicted one, made drunk but not with wine. This is what your sovereign Lord says. Your God will defend his people. See, I have taken out of my hand the cup that made you stagger. Hallelujah. Promise for the oppressed. Promise for people that have made themselves to be oppressed. People that are serving God and we have decided to leave God. God still loves us. He said, he said he's the husband man. He cannot divorce us. What are the things that 17, the cup of, of the wrath of the Lord, 17 to, um, to 20. It's for those people that have decided to follow their own wayward ways and continue to sin against God. But in all our sinning, God still loves us. I have that hope for us, but we cannot continue to sin and expect the grace of God to abound in our life. That is what the scripture is saying. Therefore, look at God's comforting people. Hear this, you afflicted one, made drunk, but not with wine. This is what your sovereign Lord says, your God, who defend his people. We must know that at all times God defend us. Amen. Amen. See, I have taken out of your hand. The cup that made you stagger. What are those cups that make us stagger? God said he's taking it out of our hands. But for adventure, he's taking it out of our hands, but we are going back to it. God is speaking to us tonight. He's a God of love. Those things that we do, for this reason he died on the cross of Calvary. And that is how he took them from our hands. But if we continue to sin, then we, we, are, we continue to hold our cup. See, I've taken out of your hand the cup that made you stagger. From that cup, the goblet of my wrath, you will never drink again. I will put it into the hands of your uh, tormentors. Are you going through a sad time? And it seems as if nothing is going to happen. God has dealt with that situation in the name of Jesus. I will put it in the hand of your tormentors who said to you, Fall prostrate that we may walk on you. People that have been laughing at you. <laughs> God is put that shame upon them. And you made and you made your back like the ground, like a street to walk on. God is restoring those who have not been righteous because He's speaking to the righteous here. He says here, that's my little note that I'm able to put together. He said, Everlasting salvation, that is the Lord comfort Zion. Everlasting salvation for Zion. That's what I cap. Isaiah 51. The Lord promise, the Lord's promise to those who pursue righteousness. We cannot be in God and pursue the world. We only need to choose who we serve or pursue. How do we know those that love and serve God? For those who pursue righteousness, they must look to the rock from whom they are hewn. For God will turn the righteous desert to Eden. So how do we know? That we love and serve God. It's how we pursue God himself. How we pursue righteousness. We will love the Lord. We love the word of God. Like those of us that are seated here tonight. If God scan our heart, we'll be able to see those of us that love righteousness. And I believe that every one of us here tonight love righteousness. If not, we wouldn't have left the corner of our home to come and say we are. Some people are supposed to be here tonight. But the enemy has made them lazy. You understand? He's put goblet in their hand to be. You know, and they're doing other things instead of being fellowshipping with people. 
May that not be a portion in Jesus' name. But our prayers tonight releases them from whatever they're doing. No, me, I can't come to church. I have work tomorrow. I have to wake up. I possibly are going to do my work for me. I don't want to be. But we are here. But I tell you, you are blessed. Verse 1 to 2. He said, God through the prophet Isaiah is encouraging those who seek him and pursue righteousness to listen to him. And he's encouraging us here tonight. I pray that we listen to God. Encouraging them to go back to their roots. Referencing our forefather Abraham and his wife Sarah. And how he has blessed them from beginning. They have left a legacy. Amen. So God bless them. They are to listen to him rather than focusing on their hopelessness. What is it about Abraham and Sarah? He was a man of strong faith who trusted in God. I've asked you to put Genesis 15:1 to 6, Genesis 17:5, and Hebrew 11:8 to 12 spoke about all this. Abraham, in his old age, had no children, but he kept holding on to God's promises that he would be father of all nations. And it came to pass. Those of us that have gone through it, no child, you know what it is. Somebody is telling you, I don't worry, you give back. The person says, Amen, but I tell you, the, the heart is far away. Because it's right of God, we even give me this child. Let give me, don't embarrass me all the time. That's what they will tell you. But he said we should learn from these people. That's in their hopelessness. God remembered them. As many people that are going through hopeless time at this hour, God remembered them. In the name of Jesus. I want your amen. Let's even do amen for them, even if you are not going to do amen. Verse 3 to uh, Abraham in his old age had no children, but he kept holding on to God. God's promises that he will be father of all nations, and it came to pass. Verse 3 to 6. God's plan for Zion or the people of Israel is to comfort and look with compassion on them. You can write Isaiah 44, 21 to 23 down. God wants Zion to listen to the instruction that goes out from, from him. For his instruction and justice will become light to the nations. When we listen to God's instruction, then we can reflect him. And that's how we become light to the nations. God's righteousness also draw, draws near speedily. And his salvation is on the way. This will cause his arm to bring justice to the nation. And when God starts to bring justice to the nation... That's part of what we are seeing. May the Lord, instead of wrath, have mercy. Many, there, many that are hopeless will again hope and wait for the Lord. These are the people, these are the ones referred to as the island. Island are those that are hopeless. God's promise for them is that, look, whatever way it may be, whatever way you might have been lonely or hopeless or you are just on your own, he said they will again they will again, again and again have hope as they wait for the Lord. One thing they have to do is to wait for the Lord. As I lift, lift his eyes to heaven and look at the earth beneath, the heaven will soon vanish like a smoke. The earth wears out like a garment, and its inhabitant dies out like flies. But his salvation will last forever. His salvation will last forever. Amen. Do you know that Jesus said to uh, uh, Mary that you have chosen a good path which will last forever with you. Sitting at the feet of Jesus to learn the word. Say, but his salvation. Once we are saved, our heart will be dedicated to him. We must not be saved. And then we are the ones that are seen doing wrong things. A dedicated heart is what God is looking for. He said, but his salvation will last forever. And his righteousness will never fail. 
This is only for the faithful few. That is, those who remain faithful to the end will enjoy God's salvation to the end. Verses 7 to 10. As I encourage those who fear God, those who know what is right, those who take God's instruction to heart, the obedient ones, to hold on to their faith when they are insulted or faced with any or face faced with any reproach. Okay, put their face with any reproach. We must be confident of this, that God is always with us when we are insulted for our faith, as the truth will prevail in the end. Verses 11 to 16, God promises people a time of refreshing, but the fear of their captivity continues to haunt them. They fear mortal men instead of trusting God. He encouraged them not to continue to live in constant terror. Let us continue to trust and uh, listen to God. If our father Abraham could trust and believe in his uh, and believe in his message of comfort and hope, we should also do the same, for it will bring us prosperity in the end. We'll not die in our troubles. Our victory is on or in our lips. Isaiah fifty sixteen. God puts his word in our mouths. His word is powerful. That's what Jeremiah said. Sharper than the two-edged sword that pierced through us into the marrow. I think Hebrew 12, 2 says something about this. The word of God. The word also is Jesus. The rock from where we were healed. When we, when, when we believe in Jesus from where our salvation comes from, we live a better life. We should also look at Abraham, our father, and Sarah, his wife. And, and let's hold forth unto, that, unto their area of faith, and it shall be well with us. Amen. These are some prayer that was led by Apostle. It said, the comfort of God, people shall come to my home. The Lord will look at me with compassion. Lord, return my desert wasteland into Eden. And that you can see in Genesis 2, 8 to 23. Joy and gladness shall be found in me or in us. The Lord return all or vindicate me of all my adversaries. Your salvation will last in Christ's faith tabernacle. Take away every frustration of the devil away. There shall be testimonies within the border of Christ's faith tabernacle. Lord, help me in this perilous world to pursue righteousness. And help our heart to seek the Lord. (coughs) Help us to run away from sin. Do not let Satan deceive us with falsehood. Protect my mind. Protect our mind. Let us pursue righteousness. I wrote this prayer point down so that I can pray it when I get home. And I'm reading your beneficiaries from it today. And that is one of the things that uh, is, we, are, we have gotten. So all what this scripture is saying is that in the midst of hopelessness, God is still God. Amen. And we take us through in Jesus' name. Amen. When next we meet, we are going to look at, the, at 52. That 52, if God permits, we did it up to 53 because it seems that they are connected together. God redeems his own people, which is Jerusalem. That is the theme of next uh, Next week's message, I rest my case. 
May the Lord bless his word. May the Lord bless us. May the Lord help us in the time of our frustration as well. In the name of Jesus.